Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, welcome to My Millennial Money Express. I'm Glenn James, and today again, I'm joined by Vince Scully from Life Sherpa. G'day, Vince. G'day, Glenn. It's great to be here on the sunny coast. On the sunny, the sunny central coast. The sunny you. central coast. Yeah, we can't get to the sunshine coast. The sunny, big, sunny coast. Because the Queensland shut their borders to everyone. That's right. Now, question came in, and so does that mean the central coast is the new Gold Coast? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this question came in, and if you are on uh, listening on the podcast, remember you can watch what we're doing on the Glenn James YouTube channel. Uh, it's separate than the My Millennial Money YouTube. Anonymous question, and again, these are anonymous. We don't know who wrote them in, if they're fictitious or not, so they are what they are. At no, the moment, nobody would be fictitious in the group, would they? No, but sometimes people can send in an anonymous question through a website. Through our website, yeah. Asking for a friend. Yes. At the moment, I have 80K, half of which is in shares and half in a savings account. Mm -hmm. So 40K invested, 40K in cash. I'm wanting to buy a house in the near future, one to two years, but it would be, but would it be better for me to put more of my money in shares than sit it in a savings account to build wealth to buy the house so that I will have a smaller mortgage? So if we paraphrase that, should I invest the rest of that 40 grand into the market over the next two years, which will grow because shares always go up, property always goes up. Always. Everything always goes up. And then in two years when I want to pull the trigger on the house, I can sell the shares and have more money to put towards the house. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting puzzle. And this is one that I think a lot of people grapple with and this is the if summer's good more must be better school of financial planning that if investing some money in shares which historically performs better than cash then investing more must by definition be better and that's not always true and in the case of your listener here he or she has got a goal to buy a property in the near term Up to two years. Up to two years. That's still pretty near term in market terms. So the question that you'd have to ask yourself in that position is, what would I do if come two years' time there's been a market correction and I actually have less money? So they've put the 40 grand... Well, even with the existing 40 grand. Yeah, that's right. Right? If I'm relying on that $40,000 for my deposit, what is my plan B if the market happens to be at a low at that point? Um, If it's something like buying a house... Can I wait? You might very well be prepared to say, well, look, if it is, I'm happy to wait another six months or a year or two years, or if you're a Japanese, 50 years, 
um, to achieve your goal. If, on the other hand, you're saving the money to pay for your kids' high school education, you can't actually make them wait to go into year seven for another year. Yeah. So you've got to come back to the goal. There is no argument that investing in shares over time, over long enough time, will generate a better return than cash. Yeah, cash, we can all agree on that. So I think we can all agree on that. Um, the question is, if I have a goal that's two years out, should I be taking market risk? And unless you're prepared to move the date of your goal or the size of your goal, the answer is in many cases, no, you shouldn't. And in fact, you might even be looking to gradually pull the existing 40 out. Yeah, and and that's what I was going to say. So I want to get kind of practical with some practical takeaways. I think number one, someone who's got freaking 80 grand saved is killing it. Yep. You know, if the average age of the My Millennial listenership is 27, you know, if, if it was 10 years either side of that age, Wait, and that they're killing it. Look at it in perspective. That's a year's pay for your average, average listener. Yeah. yeah. So for those who are new to the My Millennial Money ecosystem, we do a census every year just so we know who's in the group and we share that results with everyone and we share the results. The average income is 75K. The gross. M- gross. Tax. Yep. The median is 70. So it's a very tightly grouped yes. spread. Yes. And But we know that there's people in there who earn 400K. Mm-hmm. And we know there's people in there that are studying or unable to work mm-hmm. earning zero or on government benefits. Yeah. And that's the dance just as a side note. We can't always please everyone, but knowing that there's someone earning 400K and knowing someone's earning... 10k we've got to kind of drive through the middle yeah and remember income is not a reliable indicator of success with money totally right so ain't that the truth don't get obsessed about how much is coming in the door what matters is how much what you do with it (laughs) yeah so i guess in terms of strategy i'm thinking off the top of my head vince um, what's left of your top of your head yeah that's right (laughs) it's not much it's going fast and i'll remind you you're a guest here um (laughs) You know, their first home super saver scheme, Yep, it could be an option. Like if this person's hell bent on buying their first home to live in, yep. we know that we can put up to $30,000 at $15,000 per year maximum yep. into super. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, yeah, we all agree that we're buying a house. Yep. Let's flush 30 grand through that scheme. Yep. Uh, the long and the short, Vince, the maximum tax you can save on that scheme, it's around five grand, is. depending on your income. Yeah. The higher your income the higher your income up to a point, the higher the saving. Yeah. So basically how it works is you can salary sacrifice uh, money through your employer and put into that scheme, or you can put money in as a personal contribution and claim it on tax. And then when you pull it out, it is taxed, but you get a thirty percent credit or tax credit on the money coming out. So you're basically flushing the money. Now, the money is invested in your super. If the market tanks like we were talking about before, they've got some deeming rates, so it's not going to do worse off than cash. Well, you're not going to be able to take out less than the cash return. And that's the important point, that what you're doing is you're burying those market changes in what you leave behind in your super fund. Yes. So there could actually be a very good argument that you should have a separate super fund to take your 
first home super saver contributions so that um, and potentially invested in cash uh, and there are some fee free cash based super funds right now mm. that would be a very simple way of just getting the tax benefit without taking the market risk yes so because you don't get to take out the excess no that's right so if the market triples in the three years yeah they're, they're not saying you don't get to take that out that excess gets left behind which obviously goes to prov providing a better retirement, retirement yeah but if you're focused on your goal this now to buy a home in three years time um, maybe you should avoid that market risk and keep it in cash so this this might be a good example as to where having more than one super fund is actually yeah. a good thing when they first announced this, I was telling clients, set up another super fund, cash option, yep. quarantine. Like, but that's kind of beyond the scope of right now. Sure. But, but the, it, I think it gets to the point, though, that when you're making these decisions, it's not a mathematical question. It's a goal and psychology question for the most part. The maths is easy, and we know that shares, on average, do better than cash. But you've got a goal and you need to work out, well, how, how time critical is that goal and what's my plan B? So if the 80,000 were to triple, would you simply buy a bigger house? Or if it were to halve... Are we not buying a house at all? Are we all? not buying a house at all? Are we buying a smaller house? Or are we prepared to defer it? Yeah, and just on the... Uh, you talked about plan B, like there's... I think we've got to be clear with the first home super saver scheme, by God, if you're putting money in your super fund, you can't get that bastard out if you change your mind and don't want to buy a house. Well, you can, but you pay tax on it. Yes. But then it's like, why did you bother? Exactly. So I think you've got to really be sure yes. that I'm bloody buying a house yeah. with this money. Otherwise, it stays in super and you can get it out when you retire or become disabled. Yep. Like, so... It comes back to the goal. Yep. So be sure... So if it was me personally, I would be flushing 30 grand of that 40K in cash through the first home super saver scheme. Yep. Because it's free money from the government. Absolutely. Now, check and out... Never the, say no to free money from the government. Check out the ATO website. Uh, there's some technicalities. Make sure you apply for the money to be – like you just got to follow the due process. Yeah. Don't sign a bloody contract before you talk with the ATO because one of the requirements are that you've never owned a house before. So if you went and signed a contract and then said to the ATO, oh, now I want to apply, technically you've already owned a property because you've yeah. signed a contract. There, so, there is a process to be followed yeah. and you probably should have good advice doing this. It's not something to make up as you go along. Yeah. Um, it could cost you a lot of money. Um, but, you know, it's free money from the government, so yep. don't look a gift horse in the mouth, but make sure you know but what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and I will be honest, I have not personally used that scheme, so I can't talk from practical experience, but just for me reading and talking with other people, you need to follow the due process. Yeah. I mean, we, we've been through this with a lot of our Russia right. members who yep. are going through this coupling, nesting and parenting stage of life and – it works and it works well, but the penalties for getting it wrong are um, quite severe. Yeah, the pain of getting it wrong isn't worth the drama yeah. if you, you know, 
walk into it and not have a bit of a strategy. So just get good advice. Now, in the short time we've got left, Vince, um, we'll assume that we're using the first home super saver scheme for the yep. 30 grand. We've got 10 grand left in cash. We'll probably leave it in cash. Yep. Now, well, this is because you'll I need a few. Do. You'll need a few deposit in your legal fees. Yeah, and- we'll need a bit of cash. Now we've got forty grand invested, and if there's two years before we want to buy the house, we've got options. Yep. Do we say I'm not touching it? I'm leaving it there for twelve months, and then a year out from buying, I'm going to. If the market's hot to trot and things are cracking, I'll just take it all out. Or do you say I'm just going to take out a monthly amount? over a 12-month period and kind of reverse dollar cost averaging well, out of the I was, market. I was about to say this is a bit like reverse dollar cost averaging. <laughs> dollar cost averaging being that you put a constant drip amount into the market and when the, the market's down, price. you buy more with the same amount of dollars. When the market's up, you buy less with the same number of dollars, which lowers your average cost. Mm. And the same works in reverse, that the reason you wouldn't pull it out in one go is that you might pull it out at a low. So you would ideally want to take it out in drips. Drips. The downside of that, of course, is that each drip costs you in brokerage. So there is a a point of diminishing returns on this. Yeah, and because I'm horrendous at doing fast maths on the fly, uh, that 40 grand over 12 months is $3,333. So Yeah, I don't think you take it out monthly. No, but again, you know, we say we never time the market, but in situations like this where we've got 40 grand in market and we need it out of the market in two years, if there's a bloody run and Alan Kohler and, um, you know, all the presenters are going, there's worldwide record in shares and, you know, your 40 grand's now 50 grand, are you like, well, I'm getting while the getting's good? Yeah. And they're just selling it all. And this comes back to your goal. Yeah. Uh, That if, if, does the goal, achieving the goal reliably mean more to you than the potential of maybe having another five grand or potentially having five, 10, 20, 30 grand less. And that's I, why this is not, this is not a math problem. And I want to, we'll leave it with this thought for everybody. Um, you know, and anonymous, he or she has actually put in their question that when I buy a house, so they'll have a smaller mortgage. So it might be apparent that they have a smaller mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Do we either do a bit of buy the house, re-do a mortgage or, you know, a bit of a debt recycling strategy yeah. and go back into the market, just do a bit of a flush? Yeah. I mean, that, that's not um, – sorry, that is a an ideal outcome. Sorry. It is possible to improve the outcome by doing that, but you might – trigger some capital gains by selling the shares and buying them back. So all of these things are strategies to think about. And get advice on. And get advice on. Um, and, but, I, but the mere thought, the mere point that you're thinking about them mm. shows a mature approach to what you're doing. And higher the, there's a difference between higher returns and better returns. Better returns are returns that take into account risk in your goals. And might be stable. <laughs> and might be lo- they might be lower. Yeah. Um, and that's a trade-off you've got to make. Yeah. And I, I just – I think you touched on it. Like I love the fact that this person, they're so dialed in. They've been good yeah. with their money. They're, they're comfortable with investing because they're talking about 
well, I, I've actually got a bit of an appetite to actually put more money in the market. So it's not afraid yeah. of the market, but I think it just goes back to as a general rule of thumb, if I got a, a broad brushstroke and I love broad brushstrokes and generalizations, <laughs> we, we don't really want to be investing in shares with at least a five-year hold time. Yeah. Seven's ideal, 40 years yeah. is And amazing. the flexibility of your goal matters. Yeah. And of course, the answer would be different if that $40,000 was all in afterpay shares yes. compared to it being in a broad spread of index products. Yeah, totally. you, you, you come to a different conclusion. So, you know, with all of these things, you've got to come and look look at circumstances. Yeah, and then you've got goals. risk in the portfolio, as you said, you know. Anyway, this is turning into a full episode, and it's <laughs> not because it's My Millennium Money Express. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Vince, for jumping on again. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.